It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And aloha, my fellow listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, I used a different word to start the show. It was not hello. It was aloha. This is Counterculture, and we are having the opportunity to talk to all my friends around the world and even my colleagues and hear what God is doing. You know, Counterculture exists to find those who are stepping in to the places where there's a divide in our culture, and they're building peace. And they see where there's gaps, and they're, they're building bridges, and they see where things are decaying, and they're building up our culture. So we want to highlight those people. And today, we have calling in from the Aloha State itself, Brad and Esther McDaniel. Welcome. Aloha. 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 Thank you for having us, Jonathan. We're so glad you called in. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and our audience here on Counterculture. Pastor Brad and Esther McDaniel have been serving families by partnering with the State of Hawaii Department of Human Services since 2003. I mean, they've been foster parents, pastoral advisors. They recruit all kinds of stuff. And the facilitation of Ohana conferences, which is a family meetings just amazing advocates for children and families. And uh, they, in 2012, they began Harvest Family Life Ministries Hawaii to provide Bible-believing godly homes for children who have been abandoned, neglected, and abused. So just wonderful work. Thank you so much. Is that, does that sound like a, uh, the right uh, description of your work? Yes, that's a good start. It's yeah, a good sure. start, yes, and we, we're looking forward to hearing more. So, you know, before we get into, like, uh, about hearing about your ministry, I wa- we like to play a game called Fake News. And so on Fake News, you say something that's true about yourself and something that's not true, and I try to guess which one it is. And so why don't you – I know. So I'm, I think I, – I thought I was really good at this, but I'm probably less than 50% now. So <laughs> God keeps me humble. Um, so what do you got for me? I love games. I okay. love games. Okay. Okay, Jonathan. Um, this is Esther. And how about I hate dogs? And I don't even like to use that word hate. Uh huh. Okay, so Esther's one of the nicest people on the planet, and she just said the word hate. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Hey, we don't use that's a four letter word, Esther. I'm just kidding. No, I know. So I is love. Four letter word. Yeah. True, <laughs> true. Okay, um, you you hate I, Jaws, and the what else? I hate dogs. I hate dogs. I was attacked by a huge German Shepherd when I was five. So, okay, so Jaws and attacked by a German no, dog. Shepherd. What's that? Dogs. A, the dog. Dog. Yeah. Okay, not a shark. And I was a, right. <laughs> Although, no, yeah. So, now, I, be, I those are both so believable. Um, <laughs> and so, you, and I think the hate, like, you almost had a confession. So, I think that's real. So, I think you, you actually were not attacked by a huge German shepherd. That's fake news. Well, uh, fake news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what do they do? Gong. Gong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no mercy the for fake you there. News, 
See? The fake news is that I dislike or hate dogs. I absolutely love dogs of all kinds. They are the cutest. Sorry, cat people, but I'm a dog person. Okay. <laughs> and it is true, though, and that's what's amazing is that I love dogs. You so love much dogs. Mm-hmm. See, God, I love dogs. <laughs> you are God's instrument for humbling me, and I so appreciate that. <laughs> 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 and so we not this is a, this is a treat for our listeners. Not too often we get to hear from people from Hawaii. And Brad, you had something to, I, we want to learn about. Just a quick, you know, l- t- let us know something about Hawaii that maybe we don't see in the tourist books. Okay, so the word aloha uh, is actually a combination of several Hawaiian words, and the last part of it, ha, is the breath of life. Mm. And, and aloha is the sharing of the breath of life. Okay. Mm. So the actual, you know, we get the, we, we're, we're a hugging state. We get what we call honi, which is we, we hug and, and we peck on the cheek. And, and that's a normal greeting that you may even get. You'll, those of you who have come and, and get a lay at the airport, if you came with the tour company and things right. like that, you may get a peck on the cheek as well, uh, a honi greeting. But that is actually a very, in my opinion, watered-down version yes. of the actual sharing of the ha, sharing mm. of the breath of life. The the Native Hawaiians, and, and this is an honor that has been extended to me. You guys can't see me, but McDaniel uh, obviously is Irish-Scottish, and I am uh, definitely not Hawaiian uh, except by heart. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so the greeting within the Hawaiian community, as, as you come towards each other— uh, this is men to men, men to women, women to women. You lean in and you touch foreheads and you breathe in each other's breath. Okay. Mm. And you're sharing the breath of life. Okay. And the thing to me that is so deep about that, obviously, is we are sharing life and connecting. But also, when you bring that to the Scriptures, and God is the one who breathes the breath of life into each one of us. Mm. The doors that that opens to share with people, both young and old, who share this type of greeting about who God is, that God actually created you and created us to share the breath of life, is is just an, an amazing thing to me. One of the oh. many things I love about Oh, that. I love the depth in that. I'm, I guarantee that's new information for most of us. That is fantastic <laughs> to hear. A lot more depth and meaning behind common things that we don't understand and it takes a someone like uh, who's lived in the culture and from the culture to learn. I love hearing things like that. So many times people, when they think of Hawaii, they think of beaches, nature, maybe t- some of the touristy shallower, well, not shallower, but some of the external aspects of the culture. Um, and so, you know, I was just having Chick-fil-A and I was dipping my nugget into a Polynesian th- sauce and I'm thinking of Hawaii. So... <laughs> Um, no, I kid. <laughs> My kids love the stuff, and I'm kind of neutral on it. I mean, it's it just I can't. I, maybe once a month. But what is the biggest misconception that people have about Hawaii that from with with your interactions? Um, the misconception, or well, one of them, I would say, is that living here is living in paradise yeah. and that it's a complete paradise. Yes. So I do believe that it is a, a paradise because Hawaiian Islands are rich and full of life. Mm-hmm. If you want to see God's 
attributes in full display, his power in the ocean, his power through volcanic activity that you mm. cannot do anything against. <laughs> right, <laughs> you yeah. You've got to move out of the way, move out of the way. Um, and the majesty of the, be- the beauty in the land um, and all these different amazing creatures, some that are only plants and, and that are only found here, things like that. Mm. Um, that's, that's, you know, this is the rich Hawaiian islands of culture and beauty of God, but it's not heaven. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Um, it is, it's not. And so it's this idea that no one struggles here, that we're all um, relaxing on the beach, right. around eating mangoes <laughs> yes. and lily koi, which is passion fruit, but... Um, which would be great. We do do that sometimes, but not all the time. <laughs> yes, right, right. <laughs> and and so. and so, anytime I, you know, we work together, and anytime I mention that I have work, you know, I work alongside you guys in Hawaii. Everyone wants to come with me, and it becomes this amazing, like like I can get a thousand people and volunteers to come join me for your work. But the reality is, and that's why I, I would love to hear, like beyond that, there's some deep brokenness and issues that are that are going on even even this year yes and and in the middle of all of this with um coronavirus uh you know 2020 is a huge challenge for everyone but remember now that we're isolated Mm -hmm. i think the closest landmass is like two thousand miles away wow so if you require a medical emergency or any kind of emergency that may be something we don't have, we can't drive to it. Right. We can't even really, I mean, you can take a boat, but it's going to take you forever. Right. Um, so the, the fastest thing you can do is get on a jet, right? And that's still going to be several hours. Um, so here, there's, it's, it's the same anywhere. It is beautiful here, but we do have um, vulnerable children, abuse, neglect. Uh, we're also sit on the, the gateway to the Pacific, which that's important in the sense of like, you know, our military, our, def- our uh, defenses to right. protect our, our nation. Right. But it also means that we lie on drug traffic lines, human traffic lines. And we have some of those deep, um, if you want to say, I don't want to say systems, but things like tourism, military, or, uh, the, being a destination where people come here and then they're, they're gone. Uh, right. It makes a lot of our boys and girls very vulnerable for the seedy parts of what people are looking for. Mm. And then this year, I th- what, I, were you telling me that uh, like 50% yeah. of the economy has been decimated because of tourism? Yeah, and, and probably even higher because some of our major, major hotels are, are not open. Wow. Um, yes, and, and so much... Even if you're not in the tourism industry, a lot of our work, our jobs are connected somehow right. to tourism, right? So right. it's even if it's not directly, then down the line. And we have actually seen with some of our families, people who have just lost the business completely yes. and have had to make a quick uh, vocational change into something else in order to you know, provide for their families. So we're seeing a lot of that. And educationally, kids love going to school, being with their friends. Yes. Um, they learn better face-to-face. 
And here they are sitting home on um, the computer online. Right. It's really a challenge, and it's a challenge for parents who still, some of them, have work, and then who's going to stay home with the kids and do school and all of that. I think it's resonating across the the world. Yes, it is is a global phenomenon. I just was so fast. I mean, like, but I think certain areas of the country that we, and again, we romanticize Hawaii. But there's some big, big issues of, of hitting it, and I and, that, and I think God has positioned you there um, to minister in the midst of brokenness, and not not in the midst of comfort, but in the midst of brokenness. That's where God's light right. shines the most. So tell me about Harvest Family Life. What is it? Why did you start it? So we, uh, like like you said in the, the intro, we we took in our nephew actually back in 1995. That was outside of the system, but 2003 was the first time that we had a knock on our door, and had some neighbors in the community who were getting in trouble. Eventually, kids went into foster care. Five children, mm. uh, and and uh, so that that kind of started everything for us. We just took them in. We we didn't. We, we didn't have, and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but we just believed that the kids, we're supposed to take care of the orphan. You know, we, we knew that biblically, and so when the knock came on the door and they had nowhere to go, we were in a two-bedroom apartment. Our kids, our birth children were five and eight years old, and we just said, bring them, because they're vulnerable children. They're, yeah. They are, their father was in prison. Um, we, we need to just care for them. There, there's no, I, I didn't feel like we need to stop and have a prayer meeting about this. Right, so, right, right. So we said, bring them in. And, and, and what happened then was we, we called people. I was, I was on staff at the church at that point. We called some people that we had met through various connections to, to give us an idea of what was going to happen in the court system, what the parents' rights were, all those kinds of things. And we walked through that with the birth mom who was who was highly motivated mm. and got her children back. It's definitely a success story. But what we saw during that time, number one, again, as a pastor at a church, was how ill-equipped we as a church were right. to serve this family, to, to know anything about what was going on. Um, so we were thrown into the fire, we learned, and that was the first thing we noticed. And then we also began to, to take more children in after that point, got licensed in various forms and all those kinds of things. That fast forward to 2006 when when the Harvest Family Life Ministries actually was founded. You had Bishop Aaron Blake on the show uh, uh, several yes. weeks ago or a couple months ago, yes. and he was the founder. We knew him because the state of Hawaii actually had brought him in here to help the Native Hawaiian community and and to deal with the crisis that was going on here mm. in the African American community that he was dealing with in Texas across the state. Same kinds of issues here. Uh, and so I'm trying to make this very long story short. Uh, but so we met him. My wife was working at the agency that he was training on how to do faith-based and, and Native Hawaiian-based work. And I met him. He began to mentor us. 2012, God called us out of the church that I was on staff at, like, yes. like you said. And, and that's how we started. And it was to, first and foremost, to work with the church. Because we, as a body of Christ, that's our call. That's our call, to care for the orphan and the widow. And I, I say this to churches, and, and, and it is harsh, but it's real. We, we unfortunately, do a lot of complaining about the government not doing it, its job well. Uh, right. So in, in terms of taking care of the orphans, it's not their job. Yes. Huh. It's ours. Yeah. It's ours. So that is why we were called out and started Harvest Family Life Hawaii, um, 
because the church needs to step up. We have a crisis across the United States. I know your uh, other people that you've interviewed have talked about this, but 430-plus thousand kids in foster care across the United States. Right. Well over 100,000 of them waiting. Uh, parental rights have already been terminated. They're waiting to be adopted, waiting for their, ever fa- for their forever family. Yes. There are enough Christian churches across the United States for that to not be a crisis. But we have to step up. So and that's why we started it. That's who we are. That's fantastic. If you're just tuning in, we're, we have uh, the, dear, the dear Brad and Esther McDaniel uh, sharing about um, Harvest Family uh, Life Ministries in Hawaii, and it's just really inspiring to hear what's what's happening on the ground in Hawaii right now and why they started their ministry. Brad, and so you you it's interesting. You say you left a pastor, pastorate job, mm-hmm. to live out your calling, <laughs> the biblical calling, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me more about they, that they, journey. Do you find that that's a that pastors have a hard t- like have a hard time agreeing with you on that, or unfortunately, yeah, mm-hmm. um, not not everyone. There are the times that we we sit down and meet with church leadership, and they say, "Yes, we know this is what we're supposed to do. We just don't know how. So show us how." That that is the the dream sequence of a meeting with church leadership. And I, I hate to tell you this, but less than ten percent of our meetings go that way. Okay. So, you know, it it, it is a difficult thing, and 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 I think with uh, what what we've seen with the coronavirus, and and in Hawaii we were in full shutdown for churches for a while. Churches are allowed to meet now; not all of them do. But what we've seen is those churches who who exist to serve their community rather than serve the people who come on Sunday morning. Are doing fine. Okay, during interesting. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Those who Sunday morning is the is the goal and the end all, they're struggling because for a while they didn't have Sunday morning, and, and right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably the case across the United States. But so those churches that exist to serve their community, uh, uh, they want to know. Okay, who and and part of this is just education. They don't know that we have nearly 2,500 kids in our state in foster care. They don't know that there are several hundred waiting to be adopted. They don't know that we have a crisis and not nearly enough homes that are licensed for kids. And so education is the first place. And sometimes it can take us months, even years, to get that information into their hands where then they can pray and ask God, what are we to do about this? But it's a slow process. Yes. I don't want it to sound like we're negative. We, we have done, we have made a dent, and, and we're, we're working with 30 to 40 churches now across the across the state, not just on our island here, but we need to see that in somewhere in the 150 to 200 range to accomplish what we believe God wants to do here. So that, I love hearing what you're saying, and I, I also know it. there's a, there's, God is doing great things. Can you give me an example, like where you've seen some, like a light of hope, not, not just in general, but really specifically in your, in your ministry? Absolutely. We, we, we tell each other um, that, it's like every day we see miracles, and I know that sounds that sounds idealistic and kind of lofty, but there's no other way to explain the things that God does. Right. <laughs> because in foster care and in adoption, um, they're, they're so pretty much everything's out of your control. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't. <laughs> I mean, as far as like factors and uh, the court system, you know, you just, you're moving towards adoption, and the next day, oh, no, they're going, you know, back to their family, which is wonderful, and it's just there's so many things. But 
Which could be heartbreaking, though. Yes. Yes. And there are times when you just think, well, this is the hardest category of child to place or find a home for, you know, our older kids or Mm -hmm. those with special needs. But recently we had this amazing experience of of a child, and I will do my best (laughs) to, you know, not give away too many um, identifying factors, but... This child was already older, very behind um, in school due to a lot of other life um, issues and things. Yeah. And so here you have like an older teen, not not at all ready for independent living and nowhere else to go, already living in a shelter type of situation. Right. And it's like, that's one of the harder groups, right, is older kids. People have an idea that that's going to be more difficult. Personally, I think it's easier. But anyway, um, so for this child, it was amazing how almost in a 48-hour time period, you know, God was already working it from uh, 18 months prior, but from the time that the social worker was asking for assistance, you know, coming to Harvest Family Life Hawaii and saying, I need a home. Do you guys have a home? And it has to be by 24 hours from now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, that sounds like how do we do that? A older child, rarely behind, all these factors, right? And no, God provided, provided such wow. a beautiful, uh, Christ-like loving home that is still continuing to thrive with this child. And for those of you who think that you need to not have kids or like in our situation, we had two children in a two bedroom apartment. Um, this particular family has, I don't want to say exactly, but, um, more than seven children in the family already. Oh my God. Yes. So like, if you're thinking like, no, I already got my hands full, but every kid needs their own bedroom, right? Oh, no. <laughs> What's so beautiful about it was that, and that was the other thing, like, here in Hawaii, it's very hard to find, um, you know, we, we live multi-generationally, so we already have a lot of people in each of our homes, and then to find a home that is that big, it's going to be super expensive, right? Right. Where do you oh, get sure. land on an island? And this was provided by the Lord, a family with... A, a big family <laughs> biologically, right? And where they're living was a huge home, <laughs> so she has plenty of room. <laughs> oh my goodness, so it's great! So wow, just it's... seeing those things and the promises of God is definitely what sustains us. So this family really they they had a like a an open heart to hearing from God, right? It's not like they're yes. they're I'm set, I'm comfortable. They're saying they're saying. Lord, well, how do you want to use us? And if you've blessed us in some mm. way, it wasn't necessarily they're not millionaires or something like that. They're just saying right. we're open to God, you know, God cha- uh, disrupting us a little bit, <laughs> disrupting us to to follow the call of God in their life. Yes, and they're not veteran foster parents. This is first timers. First time, but now this boy would not have had a great trajectory without any brothers, sisters, and all the, the coming from all these homes. Oh, yes. I think many, we've been talking about that on the show to some degree, but the trajectory of children who age out of the foster care system is not good, and they end up into 
they end up home, many of them the majority end up either homeless in prison mm. or uh, and even in human trafficking. Right. And so if you want to get involved in any of those issues, one great way to start is is engaging in the foster care system and helping keep families together or or, or opening up a home to a, a child who doesn't have a family. Yes. Amen. And I would just – you mentioned something, Jonathan, about and they need their own bedroom. And I, I think that's – a it's different in every state, um, that – but. In Hawaii, you don't have to have your own bedroom. There, there's ages about gender, sharing, right. you know, but you do have to have your own bed. Right. And I, I think it's important that we mention that, that if, if that's something that has been holding you back to the listeners out there, check with somebody who knows. Right. But, you know, and, and if you need to, call Jonathan and he yeah. can put you in touch with yeah, somebody. Yeah, for sure. I'm totally open to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, check, because it, that may not be the case. In, in Hawaii, they have to have their own bed. You can't displace your your birth children. Yes, uh, but there are there are uh, areas where they can share a room with with some of the same gender, depending on right. ages and things like that. So Brad, that is not the case. So let's get that out there. <laughs> I will, Brad Esther. This has been a great conversation. How do people find out about Harvest Family Life? Just quickly. So we have a website that is is up but not fully complete, okay. and I just give that qualifying, Har- because you can go look there, but you're still going to find some incomplete Har- stuff, and I apologize. Har- it's H-F-L-M Hawaii. H-F-L-M. So the initials, yeah. The initials H- of Harvest Family Life Ministries, Hawaii spelled out, dot org. Oh, um, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I hope people can learn more about your ministry and get engaged. What a, such a treat to have you on. Brad, Esther, thank you again. Oh, thank mahalo, you, Jonathan. God bless you guys. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.